0: and welcome to another episode of Convencing Coffee Break with me, Mandy Brown and Richard Snape. Hello. Today, Richard, we're going to talk, I understand, about the Renters' Reform Bill, mm-hmm. including important changes for convencers. Didn't we do something about this last October?
1: Yeah, first I have to apologise for my, my croaky voice. I'm getting over illness. And uh, it sounds quite sexy, I think. It's a bit Barry White, if you remember that far back. But yeah, we did sometime last year, we we did something on the Renters Reform Bill and also the Renting Homes Wales Act, but things have moved on this last week or so uh, quite dramatically, so it would be a good time to sort of revisit and we've got a bit more detail and a bit more sort of what is actually going to happen as opposed to proposals. Okay, well
0: let's get started. Can you tell us a bit of the background to the bill?
1: Yeah, it's been talked about for some time. It was part of the Tory manifesto in, before the 2019 election. And then in December 2019, a few days after the election, it was in the, the Queen's speech that they were going to introduce this Renters Reform bill. changing the nature of assured and assured shorthold tenancies completely. Nothing then happened. The government said because of COVID uh, back in 2020, they were concentrating on other things, which is probably fair enough, actually. But uh, in June of uh, last year, there was a white paper produced on a fairer private rented sector, which basically resurrected this bill in England. I should stress that in England, only in Wales, they've got their own regime, the renting homes Wales, that which, as I mentioned, we've got a podcast anyway. What then happened, I remember, like in September, Liz Truss. do you you remember her, Mandy? Liz Truss?
0: Yeah, Trussonomics, I understand.
1: Yeah, in her six-week stay. I feel a bit sorry, actually, because she didn't announce it. She had it leaked, obviously, by somebody in government that uh, they weren't going to go ahead with the bill. And then a couple of weeks later, they said that they they would, but not in the current parliamentary year. But then, on uh, the middle of May, we now sort of May or whatever, twenty. 26th, as we record this, but in the middle of May, Michael Gove, and who's behind all these changes at the moment, and don't get me onto the Building Safety Act, and uh, the Department of Levelling Up Housing and Communities announced that they would go ahead with this bill. Uh, in the current parliamentary uh, year, which this year doesn't end until, usually ends in the spring, but it doesn't end until the autumn this year, but uh, a day or so too later on May the 17th, they produced uh, the bill and laid it in front of the, the House of Commons. It got its first reading, which is just a formality. But it uh, looks like it's going to go ahead, obviously, subject to you know, potentially quite a lot of changes as it goes through Parliament. But it's on the cards now, and so it's something that you know, conveyances do need to know, not just the housing lawyers who changes their jobs.
0: So why and how does it affect conveyancing?
1: Well, there's one clause which uh, affects conveyancing it's only one clause, but uh, massively, and it's pretty good news. Uh, the first good news I've had for conveyances uh, for a while, but I might leave that. So I might hold you in suspense until towards the end on that one. Conveyances need to know about it because, well, it's important if you're doing buy to lets, if there's any buy to lets left after this bill comes into force, and also bringing down minimum energy efficiency standards to a minimum of C rating. Buying Proposed, well, it's not into proposal, it's not written in stone yet, but by April of 2025. But uh, it's uh, also important in obtaining vacant possession. You need to know how to be rid of the tenants before you can obtain vacant possession of currently tenanted properties. You know, and the consensus beforehand was that you just serve the short hold notice, two months, you know, short hold notice, and comply with the various requirements, like there must be an EPC in existence and a gas uh, safe certificates and all these kind of things members of a tenancy deposit scheme and that's going to change we don't know when out all recognition that's why it's important
0: so what are the major provisions well the
1: ones that affect i would mean, say so it's 69 sections in schedule for schedules it's obviously going to be a lot of regulations before it comes into force But uh, the major sections, as they affect conveyancing, the ones that have been in the news this last week and a half, but it's Clause 1, which hasn't been much discussed in the news. But uh, in the future, all assured tenancies must be periodic with a period of no more than a month. That's the uh, proposal. As uh, I speak, the National Residential Landlords Association have pointed out the issues that might be caused in relation to buy to let student accommodation. If it's purpose built student accommodation, which is subject to a government scheme, it's not a short tenancy anyway. But what about all those sort of private landlords out there? Because they create fixed term tenancies, you know, for students in particular, you know, across the board they do But it's essential for students. You know, you have a fixed term tenancy for the duration of the student yeah. You don't particularly want a periodic tenancy, especially as the tenants can give two months' notice to be rid of you at any time. But it would be disastrous for a landlord who specialises in student accommodation, and there's enough of them in the university towns in particular, but not solely, to grant a lease in September to a group of students who then give them notice, you know, terminating in November, December, because you're probably not going to be able to let out the premises for the rest of the year. And so the, the government do see, so, the Department of Leveling Up are looking into that, but uh, that might become an exception, but we'll have to see on that. The one, the eye-catcher, is clause two, and this is what's been in the news, and I'm sure people are aware of it. The Act basically amends, for the most part, the, the Housing Act 88, which has got a short and short, short hold uh, tenancies in them. And there's one section of the 88 housing app, which is just going to be blocked completely. And that's uh, no-fault evictions or short-short-hold tenancies. They are going to go according to the government. You won't be able to show a non-fault, you know, just serve two months notice, short-hold notice. You'll have to go down the route of grounds for possession. I remember, Randy, when I was just a child lecturer many years ago, in the late 80s, a different era. Some of you will not even appreciate it existed, well, the world existed in those days, doing courses on the short and assured short, short old tenancies when I was back in my 20s. And it seems strange that they're going to go in the, well, not too distant future. But uh, shall I tell you how you will be able to be rid of tenants? I suppose I better. think you should. Because obviously that takes away the most obvious uh, way of making sure you can get vacant possession, or well, you shouldn't get vacant possession until the lease has come to an end and, the tenants have actually vacated, you shouldn't be exchanging contracts on the premises. They are amending grounds for possession. Currently there's ground one, which is basically where you want possession as a landlord. So you or your family, close family members, can uh, reside in the premises. Or ground one says that alternatively, if it's been your only a principal, it's gonna be a reside as your principal home. Or if in the past it's been your only a principal home, you can then, you know use ground one to get possession. They're dropping that bit, bit, you know, if it's been in the past, your principal home, you can use ground one, because you didn't have to actually go into occupation of the premises under that ground. But they're keeping the landlord or their immediate family part of the ground. And uh, they've defined immediate family as basically child, grandchild, uh, son, grandson, daughter, and so on, granddaughter, or um, spouse, civil partner, step uh, sibling as well in the past the you could only use ground one or you could only be certain of using ground one if you gave a written statement to the tenant to that effect prior to within the lease itself, there was a provision whereby if it was just inequitable, you might be exonerated from that. In the future, you won't be able to, you won't be required to give a, a written statement to the tenant. You're going to use ground one, and likewise, I don't think they'd get this through the mortgagees because mortgagees at the moment only lend on assured short, short old tenancies. Ground two, which is where the mortgagee wants possession. You know, in the past, you had to have something in the tenancy agreement or some written statement to the effect that uh, uh, that was going to be available. In the future, it will be there anyway if the mortgagee wants possession. But they're also introducing a ground 1A, capital A, whereby if the landlord wants to sell the property, they can get possession. We don't know the detail of that yet, but that's obviously entirely that and the mortgagee point are highly significant. In relation to to conveyancing, uh, they're keeping the grounds, perhaps less so for conveyancing, but worth mentioning, they're keeping ground uh, 8. Which is the mandatory defined rentary is two months when you serve your notice seeking possession and two months when the landlord goes to court. They're increasing the time period for notice before you can apply for court, instead, apply to court from two weeks to four weeks. But well, that's being kept. But there's a new ground as well where there's been repeated serious arrears with the rent, which will be a mandatory ground for possession. If in the last three years, there's been at least two months' rent arrears on three occasions or more. So those grounds will be available. There's a few other things in it which have reached the news, like uh, they seem to be obsessed in the media about the fact that landlords can't have a blanket ban on keeping pets. It's it's going to be, you know, you know, keep pets subject to landlords' consent not to be unreasonably withheld, but the landlord can insist on pet insurance. They were originally talking about... Um, not having blanket bans on, on benefits tenants or, or families, you know, keeping children in the premises. That's going to be in later legislation, they say. I think you should be allowed to keep children subject to children insurance for all the damage the children do. But uh, that's the areas. Uh, those are the areas that really affect conveyancing. There's a lot more to it. There's ombudsman schemes and landlords have to register with private rented sector databases and so on. But uh, that's the stuff for conveyancing.
0: Richard? You mentioned earlier that there was one clause that massively affected conveyancing. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, it's clause twenty-one, which basically says you can't create assured tenancies. You know, you can't create assured shortholds. you also perhaps mentioned that assured shortholds exist in assured shortholds if you serve so notice and bring possession proceedings before the act comes into force, then you can proceed with them, otherwise you can't. But uh Clause 21 adds the exclusions, things that can't be assured tenancies, and you can't have an assured tenancy if it's for more than seven years in duration, which solves that one of the great bugbears of leasehold conveyancy in this last few years, and that's that uh, there's no... Historically, at the moment, there's no duration limit to assured and assured short hold tenancies, but uh, there is a rent limit, and the lower rent limit is £250 per annum or £1,000 in London per annum. And if you pay more than that, all other things being equal, 1989, January the 15th, 1989, like lease onwards, uh, it can be an assured tenancy. And if it's an assured tenancy, Basically, landlords is the tenant falls two months in arrears the rent and use the mandatory ground. You know, there's still two months of years we are recording in no discretion, you lose your security. You know, so you lose your, you know, your property, you lose any equity in the property and the mortgage company loses its security, which has been an issue for conveyancing, often dealt with by insurance Mandy, Over well, since I popularized it actually, about seven or eight years ago. My fault. It's become known as Snake Gate. If you didn't know, uh, it's my own little scandal. I'd always wanted a scandal, but that wasn't the one I was looking for. The problem's going to be solved when this comes into force. I
0: think Party Gate sounds more fun,
1: though. No, Snake Gate's the one. Yeah, Party Gate. No, that's just beyond the pale. But uh, yeah, so the problem with assured tenancy is two fifty quid plus per annum rentals. Sometime in the future, we don't know when, and it won't be soon. We'll be gone.
0: Well, I think that's given everybody a lot of food for thought. So, thank you very much, Richard, for another another interesting episode. Mm-hmm. And if any of you out there would like to co-host any future episodes, please drop us a line. We'd love to have you on board. Richard, until next time.
1: Okay, thanks a lot.
0: you have been listening to another episode of convincing coffee break the only podcast for busy convincing professionals brought to you by Lawshaw insurance brokers an award-winning uk provider of title insurance for more information on our free conferences go to www.lawshawinsurance.co.uk, where you can download recent conference recordings